Jill Bennett in for Simi today and for the rest of the week. So let's check in now with the Vancouver Suns, Vaughn Palmer. Good morning to you. Good morning, Jill. Welcome back to the airwaves. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's a chilly return. Yeah, yeah. And I gather you're having the same struggle that my neighborhood is with uh, how to keep the hummingbirds alive. <laughs> I'll, I'll yes. have to say the best comment I got from, from one listener was, you know, if the damn hummingbirds would stop fighting so much over the feeders, especially when there's more than one feeder, they wouldn't need as much energy. <laughs> oh, this <anyway>. is true. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there, our house, there's two feeders, so you can each have one. You don't have to fight over them, right? But anyway. Anyway. <laughs> yes, yes, I've got to I've got to work on my heat lamp game today. It works yeah. during the day, doesn't work overnight. So No. Yes. I, I didn't think they fed overnight, but I gather they do if you put them out. So, I don't know. You know uh, I don't know 24 Dwight. hours a day, 24-7, <laughs> hummingbirds. You know, okay. Get up every hour and a half to make sure it's okay. But <laughs> yes, yeah. we'll, we'll find uh, the solution to that. Uh, big, big briefing coming yeah. up later Brace today. Yourself. Yes. <laughs> Brace yourself. Look, we've been on our own. Uh, you know, the government... Uh, Adrian Dix, Dr. Henry had a briefing for us on Friday, uh, an extra briefing last week, and uh, the numbers they gave us are pretty disturbing. Uh, BC blew past Dr. Henry's worst-case scenario last week. So she said 2,000 cases, uh, and we we blew past that number last Friday, so that her worst-case scenario only lasted a week. And they pretty much left the field after that. We've had preliminary numbers of cases since then with a warning that those are not complete numbers. We don't have testing numbers. We don't have hospitalization. We don't have ICU. Clinics are closed. I'm hearing from people who said they tried to take advantage of all those supposedly extra boosting appointments that are available. They can't find them. So basically, uh, this government has kind of left us on our own. We're supposed to get a reliable update today, but Joe, the speed at which Omicron is moving, um, BC has just been way too small, uh, short in responding on this. And I know you've touched on this as well, but there does also seem to be like on the one hand, we're hearing from health officials saying we don't know enough about this virus to know about what it might do as far as hospitalization rates and the severity of it. But shouldn't we have a better idea of that, given how far into this virus, so this variant being the dominant strain? Well, you know, you could say a bunch of things about that. I mean, that's right, Jill. Uh, BC got lucky. Other places had a surge of Omicron cases before we did. We were lucky in that it didn't hit here quite as quickly and quite as massively as it did other places, which should have given British Columbia enough time to prepare. And yet what we've seen is our testing capacity was overwhelmed last week, so we don't know how many cases there are because we aren't testing everyone. Our contact tracing was overwhelmed by Omicron, so we can't trace the contacts. It was overwhelmed. Clinics closed anyway. Adrian Dix claimed on Friday that there were thousands of unclaimed appointments, but I've heard, and I expect NW's newsroom has heard, from people who they tried to book those appointments, they can't find them. So, you know, I have to say um, the government, Dr. Henry, Adrian Dix, they got a number of things right during the pandemic. But they've been slow to respond on this one, 
And unfortunately, this is the fastest moving variant of Omicron we've had yet. So I've lost track, Jill, of the number of times that this government has patted itself on the back for how well it handled this thing. I'm surprised they don't have carpal tunnel syndrome. They've done it so many times. But on this one, there's nothing for them to celebrate. And today, I think they've got a lot of explaining to do. Uh, there was, there's also an interesting story out of Quebec where to deal with the overwhelmed hospital workers and to deal with staffing issues, they're now floating the idea of finding ways for healthcare workers who are testing positive but maybe are asymptomatic to remain working. Yeah. Now here, as you will know, the last time we got an update on this, it was a relatively small number of healthcare workers that were sent home without pay because they refused to get vaccinated. We've had very high vaccination rates in British Columbia. But that doesn't really answer why, if we haven't had a whole lot of people check out because of this, so many clinics were closed. We were operating so close to the edge uh, before Christmas that they were canceling elective surgeries. I mean, the, the portrait that emerges from all this is murky. We still don't really understand uh, how close we are to a system that could be overwhelmed. And the only thing I would point out is that our system was operating pretty close to the edge during the worst of the Delta variant. Uh, Omicron, we're told from elsewhere, we don't know the situation here because we haven't got the numbers, but Joe, we're told elsewhere that Omicron doesn't lead to as many hospitalizations. It doesn't lead to as many cases in the ICU, which is encouraging. But if we're getting lots more cases, if we're breaking records every day, and the system was overwhelmed under, almost overwhelmed under Delta, we don't know where that threshold is with Omicron, where we've got so many cases that even a small percentage going into hospital will overstress the system. And you, you raise an interesting point when you talk about the number of workers, perhaps, who weren't vaccinated, who were put on leave. I'm guessing we also don't have the numbers of workers who maybe have gone on stress leave, who have, no. who have left, who have quit, who simply said, this is it, it's enough, I'm no. not doing this anymore. And whether or not that's playing into surgeries being cancelled and the overwhelming of the system. That's true. Another thing, there have been reports, and again, I'm going with regional reports, there have been reports that in, in some places where the vaccination clinics were closing for holidays, over the holiday, uh, retired doctors and nurses volunteered to staff them and were told, no, no we don't need you. You know, we, we heard, remember all the fuss over uh, being able to get rapid testing kits. So we had rapid testing kits, but they were in big boxes and had to be taken out and put in little plastic bags and handed out to people. Well, in Nova Scotia, they did that with volunteers. No sign that we did it here. So as I say, I mean, it's it's a bunch of question marks that we have going in today's briefing, Jill. We, we really don't know the situation. And I mean, basically, we've been left on our own since Friday, with the fastest moving variant in the whole history of the COVID-19 outbreak. And it's hard for me to figure out why the BC government has been so blasé about this when 
all of the one thing we knew about Omicron from the very beginning was it moves faster than previous variants. Well, that should be an argument for the province moving faster to deal with the challenge, but pretty hard to point to any signs that it did so. Hmm. And also, I mean, it's, it seems like it would be a safe bet to say whatever the numbers are that are released this afternoon, given all of the issues with testing, access to testing, shutting down of those testing centers, they are going to be lowballing what the actual numbers are. Well, uh, I would think that by now, I mean, they've been telling us, they told us Monday, these are just preliminary numbers. They told us Tuesday. I think it's time for a serious update and, and really tell us the whole picture. But you're, you're right, it, we may still be in preliminary territory because of what we were told last week, that last week we were told uh, they'd done 20,000 tests, and that was the max that they could do. They didn't have the resources to do more than 20,000 tests. Other jurisdictions are doing more per capita, but we're not. So were they still overwhelmed the last few days in terms of testing? And the reason that really matters is because the initial indications that they gave us on Friday, Jill, is that the 20,000 tests they had done found 2,000 cases of COVID-19, like 10%. Well, the testing rate pre-Omicron was down to 2%. So that's, what, five times as many cases tied to the number of tests. So again, um, this... (laughs) This may only be the tip of an iceberg, and it looks like a pretty big iceberg. So, you know, it's true. We don't know how many Omicron cases end up in hospital. We haven't got the numbers at all. We don't even know how many Omicron cases there are, because remember, the first test only tells you if it's COVID-19. They have to do a second test, genome sequencing, in order to determine that it's Omicron. So we don't have Omicron numbers since last week either. And do you think then, is it getting to the point or, or are people at this point, if you can't get a test you, and you have symptoms, uh, do we trust that people are going to isolate and, and keep themselves away from people? Well, I guess we have to trust them because that's what they've been telling us. They said, you know, our, we're at the max in terms of being able to test. So we're going to reserve the tests for people that, for first of all, healthcare workers and people that need to get to work if you've got mild symptoms, don't go to a testing station, just isolate at home. Well, put that together with the cold weather, testing stations being closed, and the holidays. And I have to think, Jill, there are a lot of people out there who did isolate at home, and we don't know if they have COVID-19 or not because they haven't been tested and they may not get tested before the symptoms go away. All right. I know uh, a lot of people will be uh, looking for those answers and for those numbers this afternoon. Vaughn, thank you so much, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks, Jill. Talk to you tomorrow.